Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Before I bought it, we were exchanging texts and he said it was aluminum. So I said, okay, great. That's good. And if you notice the pictures that was on the ad, None of the Can you show me the text shows, that you just referred to? Show me the text you I, just I don't referred have to. It, unfortunately. That's I mean Oh, this, that's this that's a, unfortunate. Watch this. Yeah, Mr. Saman, did he ever say to you that he wanted to make sure that the boat was aluminum versus poly? No, uh, he never mentioned oh, anything. Okay, so like you're going to have to prove what you're saying, Mr. Gerald, that he lied to you and said it was aluminum. This is the plaintiff, Eddie Salmon. He says he sold a canoe to the defendant and the guy stopped payment and he was stiff. The louse lives in a $5 million mansion and refuses to pay him the $314 he owes him? Come on. He's suing for $314. This is the defendant, Gerald. He says he did indeed cancel payment on the canoe because the guy sold him something that wasn't safe for his kids to use. There were three patched holes in the thing, and he's not about to let his kids drown in a compromised canoe. He's accused of taking on water. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Saman. Yes. Uh, you put an ad on Craigslist to sell your Coleman Scano canoe, and how much were you asking? I asked in the, the in the ad it's three hundred fifty, but I sold it to him for two fifty. When I explained to him what is the uh, 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 what is wrong with that uh, canoe, he agreed for and everything. And what was wrong with it? Uh, there's nothing wrong. Actually, too much major. It, it has uh, uh, two patches. On the two sides, in the top, there is nothing affecting the canoe. The canoe was tested before, no problem at all. But I guess okay. Mr. Uh, Gerald wants to get it free by anyway. All right, so you make an agreement with him that you're selling it to him for 250 and you're going to deliver it to him for f an extra $44. So he pays you through PayPal $294, correct? 
That's right. That's correct. And then what happens? Uh, what happened that um, uh, once I delivered it to him, he was so happy. And your honor can when, see... When did you deliver it to him? On October, the following day, uh, October 17. And actually... And he bought it on the 16th, he, correct? Yes, yes. Before he pay, I see in the, in the, in the exhibit uh, 2A, the invoice... He has to read it. This invoice was viewed by him, and it is warned to him three times in the description and in the note and in the terms and the conditions. What was warned is, to him three times? I don't understand. Non-refundable. Right it is for delivery service. Okay. Non-refundable. Okay. So, and so he, what ends up happening up, is you deliver it on October 17th. And what time do you yes, get to his house? It's 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening. Tell me about this. Uh, in the ad where you advertise it, you mentioned that it's a 16-foot Coleman Scano canoe with a flat transom. I mean, you give it a, a very good description. Did you, did you include any pictures? Uh, that is the one, the picture of the ad. But the, the picture, they removed it from PayPal after it was sold. After I remove it, okay, they removed the picture. Where were That's why. these pictures that yes. are here? Yes. Are these the pictures that were in the ad? Yes, yes, three or four together. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you deliver it to him, and does he uh, does he object in any way? No. Or no, is he happy? No. He checked it. He checked it thoroughly everywhere, and because he knows that there is patches and there is a plate on the side for for the oars or something like that. But anyway, he checked it very well, and he was so happy, and he signed the receipt that he received it, that he okay. was so happy. As you see in the picture, I took it with him. Yes, yes, yes. See how happy he is that he got Everybody's it. Everybody's happy. Yes. So, Mr. Uh, Gerald, what on earth happened? It was actually a little uh, surprising because I was, I was asking for aluminum boat and I asked him, was it aluminum? When, when, before I bought it, we were exchanging texts and he said it was aluminum. So I said, okay, great. That's, and, and if you notice the pictures that was on the ad, none of the Can you show me the text shows... that you just referred to? Show me the text you I, just referred to. I don't have to. it, unfortunately. That's, I mean, oh, this, that's, this that's a... unfortunate. Watch this. Yeah, Mr. Saman, did he ever say to you that he wanted to make sure that the boat was aluminum versus poly? No, uh, he never mentioned oh, anything Okay, so like you're going to have to prove it. what you're saying, Mr. Gerald, that he lied to you yeah. and said it was aluminum. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, Your next issue. Yeah, Go that's ahead. beyond my, what I can say. Yeah. But if you notice the pictures that he showed you from the ad, none of those pictures show any of the patches. And the description did not show any mention any patches on the boat. The price of the boat is actually higher than any of the other boats that actually have patches. There are a lot of boats on sale in Craigslist. Most of those go for like 100 plus ish. When they're asking for 300 plus, those tend to be I mean, these are the patches. These are pictures I took. Okay, these are these are right. my pictures. Okay, but if you notice right. the ad that the pictures that he shared, they don't show any of these things. Um, 
And well, I mean, you got it for 30% off. Why did you think you were getting it for 30% off? Because because you, you're so persuasive in your negotiating no. abilities? Because he had asked 350 no. you bought it for 250 So some yes. discussion had to have happened about something. Yeah, it was just normal negotiation. I just, because most people on mm. Craigslist, okay. they're, they're, they, they're normally negotiable on the asking price. And his price was a little bit high. Okay. And, but How often do you buy things it, on Craigslist? A lot, actually. Or those types of sites. <laughs> a lot, actually. All right. So let me ask you a question that I just asked my husband, who wants to buy something sight unseen. Have, did you FaceTime with him and have him walk around the canoe so you could see what you were buying? And no? No. All right. So my next no, question to you is, the guy brings it to your house, and you haven't paid him yet. So you're looking at it because you have eyeballs. Why on earth did you buy it if you didn't like the patches on it? The plaintiff says the defendant is a millionaire who won't pay him the $314 for a boat he sold the louse. But the defendant says the boat has holes in it for crying out loud. It's not safe for his kids and he owes nada. Let's listen. The agreement was we, I actually had to pay him before he even delivered. Because I, I understand he, has, he was taking some risk for delivery and I agreed to that. So I'll pay, I'll pay him before he delivered. And that's what happened. But then, wait a second. So then it's there, and then you see that it's not as advertised. Then you say, take your junk. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to contest it. Take your boat with you. That's I don't true. want it. What, when do, do you true. ever, I don't need a cheerleader, Mr. Saman. Mr. Gerald, do you ever, ever say anything but, woohoo, we got a canoe. I mean, when do you say to him, take this back? I don't like this. I'm looking at it. You're inspecting it that time. This is a used as is item. And you had a chance to inspect it and reject it. And instead you signed received and he's taking a picture with you guys all happy. So if you notice the picture he showed, it was very dark when he came. I, I don't exactly know what time. I think he came much later than, than six, but I don't know the exact time. It was very dark out there. And all we had was flashlights. Uh, and so when I was mentioning, when I, when I saw the boat, I said, so this thing, this thing's only, uh, was, was aluminum, but he reassured me that if, it's a solid boat. It's a good boat. If there's any issue, he said, we can Did always Did you ever exchange. use the boat? I tried using it the one time. When, when we first put it out there, when my kids got on it, it made crackling sounds, like, like stepping on eggshells. And, and, and we said, oh, get out. <laughs> it was a little startling. I never expected that. So the, the plastic I'm or sorry. the... Um, so I don't understand. So you put it in the water and did it take on water? No. So when we stepped on it, the weight of you know, uh, my kids actually made it, the stretching sound, made it sound like it was crackling. So it was very unnerving. Do you have any so video do to prove what there. you're saying? No, I don't have the video. Sorry. Wow. So where's the canoe now? It's in my yard. Can I see it? Uh, Can you turn your phone around and show it to me or? So I don't know how to do this. I'm, I'm on my laptop. Uh, it's pretty far okay. out in the yard. Well, you're on a laptop, so that's okay. Can you see it from the window? No, I'm in the different part of the house. You want yeah, me to I'd walk like to over there? It. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, walk over with the laptop until you can see it. Yeah. Can you see me? Okay. Can yeah, I can see you perfectly. So the boat, yeah, I can hear you perfectly too. So I see that the boat is right by the lake, upside down, so that people can use it as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. It's not mm -hmm. in the garbage because it's garbage, right? Go ahead and go back so, inside, Mr. Gerald. 
Now, according to you, Mr. Saman, the first thing that happens is he claims not to have had knowledge of this purchase, correct? That's what he said, what he claimed. And actually, later on, when uh, PayPal uh, decided in my favor, he went to his financial institute, say that it is unauthorized transaction. That is in exhibit. Did you tell your financial institute that this was an unauthorized transaction? I raised a dispute with the, with the seller. I voiced the phone. So after, can I tell what happened after I saw the boat in the daylight? And I discovered those yeah, patches. But can, yeah, we're going to find out. But I just want to know, uh, I'm looking at a document that says the buyer reported that someone made the order without their permission. So that may have been a mistake because I was trying to raise a dispute with the credit card company. So that was not okay. the intent. Like I said, right after that, I think we got re-raised a dispute. That's why I was trying to do. Because well, I tried to that. saying that you never authorized a transaction? Because that's not true. You did authorize the transaction. So like I said, I think that was a mistake because I was trying to raise a dispute, which was exactly <clears throat> what we did. We opened up a claim. Okay. So you wanted to tell me what you noticed the next day. I thought you did, but is there something you wanted to add to that? So it was only in the daylight that I saw those patches, the three patches. Because if you notice in the pictures that he showed in the listing, there was no patches. Why would you not see no... those patches with a flashlight? So long as you had a flashlight, how would you not be able to see those patches? They're not like particularly secretive. I mean, you you actually are complaining about how big they are and what these big patches, they're right there. You'd see that with a flashlight. So I don't know why, I why saw you're the metal claiming patch. that you wouldn't be seeing that. Uh -huh. No, I saw the metal patch. I asked him about it and he says, and he that's when he reassured me. He said, don't worry, this, this, this book's been tested, it's fine. And he, and he said, if there's any issue yeah, with it, just give yeah, me a call. Yeah, but you know who didn't test the boat? Right, but you know who didn't test the boat? You. you. You had your kids step on it, according to you, and then you said, oh, this is awful, it sounds like eggshells cracking. And then you tell me that, you know, you wouldn't allow your children because it's not safe, but yet he was using it just fine, and you have it right by the water, upside down, the way you're supposed to put a canoe, okay? And why do you put the canoe upside down? Because when you want to use it, you don't want any residual water inside the canoe. So when it rains, you don't want water collecting and mosquitoes and whatever bugs and whatever else. I know that because I have canoes. So I know why you have it upside down right next to the water. So I'm having a really hard time buying the stuff you're saying. So you contest it with PayPal, you lose, and then you tell your credit card company that, oh, I didn't authorize the transaction. So you end up having the charges reversed, correct, Mr. Saman? And then you get That's charged true. a $20 chargeback fee. So you are out yes. now $314, but guess who has a canoe, Mr. Gerald? So tell me, Mr. Saman, did you ever pick up a phone and call Mr. Gerald and ask him, what the heck? He, uh, uh, he blocked the phone. He didn't want me to call him Did at he? all. From the beginning, from the beginning, Yes. Or did yes. you ever talk to him? Did you ever did you ever talk no, to him I at all? Or you couldn't even talk to him. Never. He never called me. Never. never told me. Never. I am the one who called him, but it was blocked. Really? Yeah. So, Mr. Gerald, did you ever pick up a phone and call Mr. Saman and say, "Hey, I'd like my money back. Please come and get your canoe because uh, it's not as advertised. I thought it would be aluminum and all these other things that you're saying now. Did you ever did you ever call him and say that? So as Before soon as he delivered the, the boat, the next morning and the following, like for the next week after, I've been texting and calling him multiple times every day. Good. He never responded He says that anything. you're a liar. So all I need you to do is show me your phone records or your text records so I can see that yes. what you're saying is true.
Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mr. Gerald, I don't understand how you would spend... Uh, yeah, Mr. Gerald, I don't believe you for one second. I think you were trying to get the canoe for free, and which is pathetic because I'm looking at your house. I just don't understand how it is that you would n- not reach out whatsoever to Mr. Saman and force him to go through what he's had to go through to collect. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because all you had to do was text or email him now and say, hey, you know, did you change your number, Mr. Saman? No, I never. So can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I pursue? Because I do have the phone records. I've been calling. I just don't have the records here. Can I follow up and produce those records for you? No, this is what, let me introduce you to me. No, can I, can I show you something? You see what's going on here? The lady wearing the black dress is in the middle of a trial. Okay, this is a real simple trial. I don't have to go very far to reach my verdict. All I had to do was send you to the backyard because as soon as I saw where you have that canoe, I know it's being used, okay? I know that a canoe upside down so it doesn't get water right next to the water is a canoe that's being used. That's not a canoe that you looked at and said, why this is unsafe and took it away. You're using the canoe, okay? So I am going to order you to pay the $314 for the canoe, but because I find this to be a little disingenuous, I'm also gonna order you to pay another $100 that you're not even asking for in punitive damages for a total of $414 for Mr. Saman. Pay the man. Thank you. So the plaintiff prevails and also gets some punitive damages. It's a total of $414. Mr. Gerald, how do you feel about what just happened? The the judge kind of mad at you. The judge, like I said, I could produce the phone calls. I was the one that was trying to reach him. He never tried to respond back. As the judge pointed out, this is the trial right now, going on now, and uh, she can't wait a couple of days for you to find those receipts. So unfortunately, that's the impression she had, and and you're going to have to live with it. You know, you got to pay him back plus $100 punitive damages. Sorry about that. All right, Mr. Salmon, how about you? How do you feel? Yes. Uh, you you got $100 more than you I thought you were going to get. Justice is served. Justice is served just now. Justice served. This gentleman, he collect everything free for everybody. It's not only me. I am the one who came forward to people's court, the honorable people's court to get my money back. But other people, I think he is very wealthy. The mansion he lived in more than $5 million. And now he wants to take from me $294 for a canoe. And I told him about the canoe, everything about the canoe. That's why he accepted. He doesn't have any evidence. I have all evidence here in front of the judge, all evidence. I, I, I asked everybody, Mr. Gerald, owe them money, come forward. Come to people's court to get your rights, to get your money back. Because he is wealthy. He is very wealthy. I don't care he's very wealthy, but don't... Take from the hardworking people, take the money. 
Why you take the money from them? You know why? Because you want to take it free. I'm sorry, I got excited like that. So sorry. I'm yeah, so you got sorry. a little carried. But I want to tell you everybody listening now. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I got the point, Mr. Everybody gets a point. You're mad at him, but you're happy. And justice has been served. Oh, yeah, of course. Good for you. Of course. Okay. Of course. I am happy because okay. justice is served. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Good. Thank everybody. Thank the whole crew who worked hard for me to make it done. Thank you. <laughs> you're, yes. You're, on behalf of everybody, you're very welcome. All right. <laughs> How about that, Harvey? That guy's happy. <laughs> A happy man indeed, Doug. Now, here's the thing about this case. The plaintiff got punitive damages, and you get that when you want to make an example of the other party. In this case, the defendant lied in court. And that's important because, remember, lying in court not only blows up your credibility and you will probably lose as a result, but this is a case where there are consequences, financial consequences, where you can actually lose more money than you would have had you simply told the truth. The question is, save or spend? Which one is more of a spendthrift? And what's your favorite place to shop? <laughs> okay, that is... Uh, I think it's pretty clear. It's an easy question. I, I'm, I'm more of a spendthrift, there's no question. And you're, you're more of a saver. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we always find that, uh, that line in between, and we manage it pretty well. No, you uh, spend a bunch of money, and I don't. I'm, I, I'm once a refugee, money. always a refugee. Right. I have this refugee mentality, and I cannot, I, I just, right. you know, I, that's, I, that's just how I live. So, favorite place to shop? Let's hear the difference okay, between us. Uh, favorite place to shop. I like places where I'm just going to get lost in there, and I could spend hours. And the ones that come to mind are... Bass Pro Shops, yeah. Outdoor World kinds of places where there's all the, the sporting goods, outdoor stuff, fishing, camping gear, all those things. Those kinds of stores I can spend hours into, and you usually end up dragging me out yeah. after an hour or so, going, is he ever going to leave? And finally just coming and grabbing me and leading me out of the store. But yeah, those kinds of places, I could just spend all day there. Yeah. How about you? What's your favorite place to shop? You know. It's like embarrassing. Well, there's a few, but... No, uh, TJ Maxx. I have yeah. a TJ Maxx crack habit, basically. Uh -huh. yeah. it's, there is nothing for me more fun right. than arriving at a TJ Maxx on a Tuesday morning, because that's when they've put everything out, and they give you, like, if you're over 50, they give you a discount. I right. think it's on Tuesday. And then you get there, and then you find amazing, beautiful things you know, at a great price. The greatest compliment I've ever been paid is one day I was at TJ Maxx, and I had a cart full of items and the cart disappeared. And I went to the front, to the, I said, did you guys think I was done? I just walked away for one second. They said, no, this happens here all the time. Somebody must have taken your cart. Somebody took your Somebody stuff. took my cart, because oh I had God. such good taste they and they loved what they saw. Yeah, you Possibly. a lot of time in trouble. They yeah. just took your cart. I had to go and boom. find all my stuff again. Oh. But it was, it was, I was angry, but I was right. kind of like flattered too, you know? But uh. I love a hunt. This is the plaintiff, Jack. He says he purchased a building and the defendants were tenants with a pet grooming business. They refused to pay him the rent they owe. He's tried reasoning with them, has been unsuccessful, and he has no other choice but to sue them for the $1,765 he's owed. These are the defendants, Lori and Brett. 
Lori says they've been running their pet grooming business in this space for 23 years without any problems until the plaintiff came along. Bottom line, they don't owe this troublemaker any rent as they're fully paid up. End of story. They're accused of going on a rent strike. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that the defendants are stiffing him over money that he is owed, and he is not going to take it. And that's why he's in the People's Court. But the defendants claim the plaintiff is one of those troublemakers. They don't owe him a cent, and they think the judge is going to agree. It's the case of Money Grubber. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Jack, your business is suing Ms. Laurie and Mr. Brett's business, a pet grooming establishment, for rent and late fees. Tell me what's going on. Yes, uh, good day, Judge. Uh, we purchased a property the last day of December 31st of 2020. On or about January the 2nd, I went to the uh, defendant's place of business and left them in, you know, my personal contact information. And anyway, on January the 5th, I sent the uh, defendants a proposed lease agreement. In that lease, I offered them $9.13 per square foot if they wanted to stay in the property. That is more than $2 less than anyone else there pays. Currently. It's also how much more than they were. You have a right to do whatever you want. You're the owner. But I'm just asking, how much more was that than they were paying? They were paying that, uh, $800, and you were asking for how much? Uh, 50, uh, on the lease, it was uh, $1,275 per month. Okay. Uh, okay. The, but your original tenant, request had been what, $1,500? That was on a, a month-to-month basis. Right. That would be if okay. they, if they okay. chose not, not to sign a lease. I called... Uh, you received a call the, from the, Brett at some point. When was it that you got yes. a call from Mr. Brett? On, on or about January the 8th. And okay. he wanted to... He offered to pay less. On January the 10th, I sent a text message back to him stating that I would uh, accept 1250 a month for the first year, and then it would go to 1400 after that. And okay. I, did not re- I did not receive any response whatsoever from them in any way, you know, until almost a, uh, a month later, I sent on February the 7th, I sent a text message and asked, what have you decided to do? They replied the same day that we will be moving March 1st. You can use my security deposit for my last month's rent. I sent back to her and I said, ma'am, I do not have a, a security deposit from you. There was no deposit forwarded to me. She indicated that she had paid a first and a last month's rent. I think if you look at the lease that she signed, she only paid $280 to move in. Which yeah, $100 let me, let me if I look at the first lease, there's a couple of things I noticed. First of all, Brett's not even a, a figment of her imagination on this because this was your business before you met Brett, Ms. Lori? Yes, it was. Okay, is it both of your business now or is it still only your business? No, it's my business. He, okay. he just called well, the man um, because I was upset about the money. Okay, I gotcha. So the case against Brett is dismissed and this is against you, Ms. Lori, and let me talk to you. Um, you've been renting there for how long? 
20 years? Yeah, a little over 20 years. Yes, ma'am. Um, and when I first talked to him, yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway, when I first it talked was. to this man, right. um, yeah, yeah. When I first talked to him, I told him that we would not be able to uh, give what he was uh, wanting for the place and that we would have to move. And then he said, well, let me know what you come up with. He informed me I would not be able to find anything that would be suitable in the price range I was looking for. And so I did, and I let him know on the beginning of February that we would be moving by March the 1st. You didn't do that until February 7th. Right? No, I had to find a place first. Yes, ma'am. I had to right. find a place. Right, of course. I understand. I understand. So when you're on a month-to-month, what kind of notice do you feel you're supposed to be giving your landlord? Uh, I probably should be giving him more of a notice that I was moving, but I also feel like he should have given me more of a notice that he was going to double my rent. I never got anything in writing that he was going to double my rent. He just said in three weeks, I'm going to owe him $1,500. And I could not okay. do that. Did the you place ever... is not worth it. No, right, I get it. Did, did the prior landlord let you know that they were selling? Like, did you did you even have an no. inkling that they were selling? No, ma'am. He came in our business at the beginning of January. I wasn't there. And he started telling all the girls he was the new owner of the building. And we needed to pay him rent and who we needed to make the checkout to. And I had no idea who he was. For all I know, he's a scam right. artist coming around trying to collect money. All right. So, and, could, um, and it was a holiday. Brett, you had a conversation, Brett. You had a conversation with Jack at some point. Tell me about that conversation. Well, the only thing I could do is, is my wife was upset because we had had uh, two folks that were out with COVID, and one of them lost both their mom and their grandma. At, with COVID mm. that month, and you mean when you say it, you things, had two things folks, have you been down. employees? Yes, it was a girl from the shop. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Okay, go ahead. All right. Anyway, I uh, talked to him and I, I said, "Can you can you do something? Can you help us out? You know, we could maybe do a couple hundred dollars more a month." And uh, so we're looking at a thousand dollars at that point, and uh, you know, he he wouldn't do that. And I thought, well, there's just no way we can, we can do that financially. We just can't, we, we can't double the rent. Can I say that he offered my husband $25 off that that's what he could do yes, to help us out was $25 off. What he did. Here's the thing. I mean, I hear what you're saying. We're in the middle of a pandemic business. I'm sure is a lot slower than it has been. If people are going to cut back on stuff, you know, that might be the place they cut back on a pet grooming um, service. Right. You've been hit with employees who are sick and having tragedy in their lives. I hear everything you're saying. But what you have to understand is at the end of the day, you don't own the joint. He does. And okay. he can okay. within, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I get that you've been able to be there 20 years with a really low rent. And that's wonderful for you that you were able to do that. But it's it's neither immoral of him, um, nor does it make him a bad person that he wants to support his family, too. So I get what he's saying, and he has a right to say that. Now, both he and you have to follow what month-to-month law says, because that's the kind of tenancy that you have at that juncture. You don't have a lease at this point, at that point, right, Ms. Lori? You're in a month-to-month? Yes. 
but not yeah. with him. All right, and you had been, no, well, no, and, that, and let me explain something to you about that. You're in a month-to-month -month with whoever owns it. When he legitimately buys the property, he is buying both the assets and the liabilities of the property. That means that if you owe the prior landlord, you owe him. That's how that works. So now, here we are. It's January. He walks in. He attempts to negotiate something with you guys about how you're going to proceed going forward. And he has every right no, to do that. No, ma'am. I've never you spoke have every to him. Okay. So, Brett, he attempts to negotiate with you how it is that he's going to proceed. And he has every right to do that. So what ends up happening, because I can see from the text... Lori, you, you, you ask her for rent. She tells you she paid it to the last guy. You ask her on January 5th, let me know about the January rent, and then you propose what to do moving forward. And you propose February 1st through July 31st, 1275. That is the last contact. After January 5th, there are no texts. Oh, there is, no. Yeah, there is. From you to them, you say to them, after much thought and consideration, I'll lease it for the whole year for $1,250. And then I'll give you an option to extend it for $1,400. So everybody's still negotiating. And then nothing between January 10th and February 7th. On February 7th, you ask, what have you decided to do? And she says, we will be moving March 1st. So you clearly did not tell them on February 1st that you would be moving March 1st, did you, Ms. Laurie? No, I, I did tell him, yes, I told him that I would not be able to pay that and that we would have to look elsewhere. No, that's not the same. Yeah, no. Telling someone, hey, I'm going to move someday is not the same as giving notice. The first time you actually give a date is gave in notice. this text yes, on February 7th. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yes, that's the day so I gave him notice, yes. So that's the notice you gave him, February 7th for March 1st. Now... His response is, I don't have your deposit. The only lease or deposit you had was three uh, landlords ago. So you never had another lease after the first lease 20 years ago? You were month to month for 19 years, Ms. Lori? Yes, ma'am. I don't know if you know, because this is the situation you've known for 20 years. I know, because I see this stuff all the time, that that's pretty rare and that you're pretty fortunate is all I'm trying to say. But... You know, you also, you know what you can spend and what you can't spend and what the times allow and what they don't and what the location is worth to you. That is, that is unique. Just like what he wants to charge is uniquely his decision. What you want to pay is uniquely your decision. The, the only thing both of you have to do is respect the law, which in your state is that each of you have to give the other one 30 days notice. So you didn't give him 30 days notice about moving, Right. And that's your complaint, Mr. Jack. How many days' notice did you give her that you were raising the rent to what you're asking for, which is 1500 Well, I guess I gave the, that notice on January the 5th. Well, that's debatable. You made an offer and you left it hanging for them. What you should have done is given them their 30-day well, notice. Do you I, hear me? Can you hear me or I, are you just thinking about what you yes. want to say? I need you to listen to what I'm telling you. What you okay. should have done is on January 31st told them, I'm giving you your notice. Or the second you walked in on January 1st, give, you know, given them their notice. Uh, on December 30th, given them their 30-day notice and then worked on negotiating. But you did not do that. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You can't all of a sudden look at them and say, oh, and by the way, you're going to owe me either the 1275 or the 1250 or the 1500, whatever I feel like. 
seven, uh, 23 days from now because the first day that you followed up again was February 7th. So you don't get to charge for February whatever you feel like charging if nobody said yes to you um, before that. You guys were still in negotiations. So why should she pay for February anything other than the 800 that was her rent? She offered nothing. Yeah. And so what you did you instead... Right, but last month's rent, how? Because I see your text. Your text to him is, take my security. What is your security, Ms. Lori? When I, well, when I originally signed the first lease, I paid first month's rent $800 and last month's rent $800. He got none of that okay, money. I guess none that? of that was ever transferred. Can you prove that? Can you prove no, what you just said? Right. No. I have your first lease. That's not what you did. All, all I need is for you no. to show me some proof. Do you have canceled checks or bank statements no, and all that's No. So where are we? What no, we have, according to this lease, is that you had a $100 deposit, not a $600 deposit, not an $800 deposit. All you had was a $100 deposit. I find that based on what I have heard, you're not, you are not entitled to $1,500 for February because... The first time that they everybody decides we're not doing business, we're not tangoing, is February 7th. And that is the day from what you, what you should have done, Mr. Jack, is given them the 30-day notice well before that. Once you give them 30-day notice and you tell them your rent is going to go up effective 30 days from now, those are the rules you got to play by. Then you can say, hey, I want my 1500 I told them 30 days ago. But you can't tell them that when the first time you come up with it is February 7th because that's the first time they say we're not going to stay. If you got lulled into a false sense of security, I'm sorry, but it behooved you on the end of January or the begin at the end of December when you bought it to go ahead, if you wanted to preserve all your rights, to give them that 30-day notice. You've got to do it as much as they do. And you cannot skip paying February rent because you didn't give the full amount of notice that you're supposed to give. So he's right that he's entitled to rent for February because there is zero evidence that you paid rent for your last month, okay? The only evidence is that you didn't pay rent for your last month, that you paid a $100 deposit. So I am going to deduct $100 from the $800 that you should be paying in rent, and I am going to order rent paid to the plaintiff in the amount of $700. That is my verdict. Well, a fascinating dispute with the plaintiff suing for $1,765. He's going to get $700 rent now from the defendants. Let's see what they feel about it, or defendant, because, Laurie, the case really ended up against you. Uh, how do you feel about this? What are you thinking? Uh, I think he should get zero. That's how I feel. Well, you may feel that way, but the judge feels differently, and she rules here. You have to I pay see. rent for February. That's, that's her decision. All right. You did move, right? You left the building? Yes. Okay. I know you were stymied for some evidence there, but uh, you learned a lesson in court today. All right. Let's talk to Jack. Jack, uh, right. what do you think about the judge's verdict? I, you probably disagree, but tell me about it. Uh, the facts are the facts, but uh, I just wish I would have uh, did what the judge said. I should have given, given them a 30-day notice. What it is is what it is. All right, sir, I hope yes. things work out for you. You are going to get paid rent in February, and that's the judge's decision. Thank you very much. All right, Harvey, how do you feel about this one? 
Okay, Doug, you know, typically you have to give 30 days notice, um, and that is usually in the lease. But if it doesn't say it's in the lease, the reality is it's usually 30 days anyway because most states say 30 days notice or else you lose your deposit. My uncle used my car without my knowledge, and he got into an accident, and he wants me to claim it on my insurance. But I don't want my rates to go up since I wasn't driving. Can I force him to claim the damage on his insurance so I can get my car fixed? All right, well, first of all, you can't even claim it on your insurance because in order for your insurance to cover it, you have to have given that person permission to drive your car. If the person right. just took it, then there's no... They're going to deny coverage. Right. They're going to say, no, we're not paying to right. fix that. No, that's a theft. And, and then where is he? Then he's got to sue his uncle for, yeah, I mean, or, or have his uncle make the claim on his own insurance. On his, his own insurance, because he was driving. So right. he's 100% correct that the uncle should be making the claim. And if, if in fact, the uncle says, well, that's not fair because I wasn't at fault. Well, that's not fair because you took his car. Right. You're supposed to return it the way you got it. And you're not supposed to take it without permission anyway. Right. So too bad for the uncle. And then if the uncle feels like the accident was the other person's fault, he could sue the other person and get it. But right. it's not nephew who has to go around chasing people he never met. Right. I mean, the right thing to happen here is uncle makes the claim on his own insurance policy. Or just pays it. Or pays if he doesn't have insurance, right. tough for him. Well, apparently he does. Let's assume he does for a second. <laughs> if he does and he says, no, I'm not going to claim against my insurance company and he won't give the insurance. Then sue your uncle. Over, you got to sue, sue your, your uncle. uncle. Exactly. And he's left you kind of no choice. Right. That's where it might end up. That's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. We want to see you tomorrow. So tune in and we will see you then.